Do you want to stop tapping and singing and I'll play the intro? Shut the fuck up. You have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Welcome to the Gotto Five Wrestling Podcast with me, Max Curtin, and Jesse. You're gonna die alone, Benz. I'm gonna die alone. I'm not actually. I don't know. I might. Who knows? But that's that's the. Yeah, that's you're the very confident, and then, it, <laughs> and then it went away. Then it went away. <laughs> that's my life, mate. Um, so yeah. So the sort of thing we use to talk to each other on this podcast, Max always nicknames me, gives me a nice nickname every week, and this one is Jesse. You're going to die alone, Benz, which is always a nice thing to. It's quite impressive to. that uh, I've been keeping this going for quite a while now. Quite yeah, but they've been really fresh every time, so Thank no you. pressure, mate. But if you ever stop, I'll kill you. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I hate that we have to do this whole pretending that we've literally just seen each other and have to talk. We've been speaking for like 23 minutes before we went live. <laughs> we do. Well, we have to catch up, don't we? Believe it or not, we like have friendship qualities that exist outside wrestling. So it's nice to actually talk about non-wrestling stuff. We've talked about UK politics, haven't we? We've talked about the gays. Um, what else did we um, discuss? Relationships. No. Relationships. Um it's yeah it's all good um they, we've had a nice little catch-up so that's good news. now we're here to catch up with you the listeners so hello and welcome to this podcast hello i don't know when you'll be listening to this but today for clarity history um what do you call it for posterity yeah um this is the day um that chris jericho's um AEW title was nicked and then apparently <laughs> recovered um, and then, and but then the tweet again. was deleted. So we don't know what the fuck's going on with that belt right now. But that's today in history. So if you listen to this in the future, put yourself in our headspace. And it's a happy day. It's fun times. And they're going, AEW, what was that? Oh, I remember. Yeah. I like, yeah. <laughs> remember that little show? <laughs> hey, no. I'm, bidding, I'm bidding at the moment, mate, on, um, on eBay for a belt buckle that was given out to um wrestlers and like people in the industry on the nwa's 50th anniversary how the fuck have you found that right how cool would it be if i won that wait what what limit are you putting on yourself oh a couple of hundred oh good <laughs> <laughs> i don't care mate whatever it costs i'm getting that i can worry about the poverty afterwards because i'll have that i'll have, that I'll about. have my belt buckle <laughs> exactly <laughs> So when you lose weight from starving on the streets, you can at least do your pants up still and be respectable. Yeah, exactly. Money can't cuddle you at night, but a belt buckle could keep your head nice and cool. <laughs> oh, this is where it all ends. Lovely. So, I shouldn't um, have said, should I? Oh, no, I think the bid will be over by the time this comes out. No, it's cool. Uh, you're going to make me hold off? No, no, well, you, yeah, maybe I don't. Well, I don't want people listening and then suddenly starting to outbid me because it's a cool, like, it's a piece of wrestling history, man. It is. It's really nice. I'll send you a picture afterwards. It's got NWA in the middle. It's gold, 50th anniversary. And then round the outside, it's got the names of every NWA champion there have been at that point. Just the surnames. Jesus, just how like big in is a this circle. belt buckle? No, it's not. It's pretty little. It's like your regular size belt buckle, but it's well. Um, I just looked at my own belt buckle for like reference then. <laughs> I, did, I wasn't trying to get that across. Um, but yeah, no, it's cool. Um, I, I, and it will be mine. I'll report back on the next show. I'll, I, I'll better have it or I'll be thoroughly depressed. Yeah. <laughs> you are about buckle wearer, so it's fine. Okay. 
I wasn't expecting that as an intro, but there we go. When, when am I ever it? expecting what we exactly. get? Exactly. I'll tell you what, you won't be expecting this either. Um, good, completely unrelated to anything, but I learned my new favourite fact today. Okay. It was told to me by my good friend Loz, who is also a musical colleague. He's a very nice man. Um, and are you ready for this? This is the yeah. best fact you've ever heard in what, your life. What was the fact relating to? Um, like, well, you'll see. It's related <laughs> to Gary's. Are you ready? Okay. So Gary Newman yeah. is, in fact, 13 days older than Gary Oldman. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the best fact in the world? <laughs> That's a head-scratcher. That's, uh... <laughs> I was so happy with that. <laughs> oh, you're going to be telling that for years, and I have to hear it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Jesse's new go-to line. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it on stage on Saturday and see how it goes. Wait, why are you on stage? Because I'm playing a gig. Ah. <laughs> I'm just getting you don't have a You don't have a microphone, you're just on a box. <laughs> I can talk. The, the microphone, the, the box has got a mic, I can just grab that out my ass. And... <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt everyone. Sorry, <laughs> uh, a quick Import- fact for you. Important fact. And could the owner of the Ford Focus please move that car? Okay, enjoy the rest of the show. Wow, okay. Good good fact. It, it, this bodes well for the show. This bodes well. Uh, on this week's show, this is the penultimate episode of our second year. I think I've worded that incorrectly, but basically this is the last episode of our second year because on the next show is our third year anniversary show. Second year anniversary show. Who even knows? Uh, second year, right? So this is the penultimate episode of our two-year anniversary show. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't do but the... Wait, we- this is our... No, you're getting confused because you're a wrestling fan. I do this as well. So, like, WrestleMania happened, right? And then the next WrestleMania was WrestleMania 2. But it's not. It's, it's the, that was the first anniversary of WrestleMania. <laughs> you don't... Like, a baby's not bought... A baby's not two on his first birthday, is he? He's one. He so, should be, though. So on the... WrestleMania 2 is actually the first anniversary of WrestleMania. And that's what's fucking you up with us. So it's our... We're going into our third year, but it's actually our second anniversary. Wrestling, wrestling is like messing with my head, man. But yeah. in all honesty, you're born. That should be like your first birthday and then it should be your second. No, that's what Vince McMahon thinks and he's wrong. <laughs> that, look, I've been watching the guy for like 25 plus years at this point. Whatever he says goes. <laughs> Fine. All right. We're, we're with you, Vince. Hey, I like the XFL um, teams and logos that they've released. They, they are literally the kind of teams I would make when I was playing the NFL game. And you get to make your own teams. Yeah, right. I liked the, um, I can't remember what city they were based in, but the Renegades, whatever they were called, and they've got like a, an, a they're purple, and they've got like a ninja-looking dude, and it makes me think of um, the Phantom Renegade, who was a bad guy in an anime called Metabots that I liked when I was a kid. Weren't they, yeah, they're a Texas team, right? The Dallas Renegades. That's it, Dallas Renegades. I'm well behind them. They're going to be my boys. I feel like only because you're going to Dallas. I am going to Dallas, and I've always liked the sort of renegade purple look always liked poison pokemon um always been my thing so i'm down with this all right let me let me pick my favorites favorite you can only have one and you stick with them no matter how good or shit they get so normally i'm a st louis fans but their their thing is a bit shit so uh, i won't be doing them uh new york guardians that that's terrible god these names are like awful who's who's 
doing this, Jesse? Vince McMahon. <laughs> that's, that's why. Just him doodling. <laughs> he's a, this is why Raw's been so shit, because he's just doodling shitty logos. <laughs> that's oh, good you, shit. You bastard. I think you've taken the best one. Everyone else well, is on, so on the looks and stuff. Yeah, yeah right. Fucking hell, you have taken the best ones. It's between Seattle Dragons and the St. Louis Battlehawks. Go for the go for the Battlehawks, man. Stick to your Stay stick consistent. to your St. Louis love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. do it. St. Louis, Louis Blues did you well, didn't they? They, they did. um, won the um, won the Stanley Cup in an ice hockey. Yeah. There you go, there you go, left. Americans. See, we know stuff. Yeah, we know what the fuck's going on. The Rams yeah. were good, and then they went to LA and they got to the Super Bowl. So technically, that counts. American teams moving state is the most mental thing. Like, I, Weird, right? That's so I cannot get my head around. And what happens to those fans? Do they just... Do they continue... So if you're in, like, New York and your team moves to Texas or whatever, you're living in New York, but do you still follow that team even though they're in Texas? Or do you go, oh, shit, I've got to find another New York <clears> team? I, I guess New York's different because they have other teams, but when you've got people like St. Louis where they were the only football team that they really had... It's like, yeah, I guess you kind of have to. You just have to follow them still, even though I did. I, I, I now support LA Rams, and it still sounds weird to say. Yeah, oh, bizarre. And it feels like a cheat because St. Louis Rams felt kind of cool and dirty and southern. LA just feels pretentious and annoying. Yeah, right. Yeah, I like the dirty southern feel as well. Um, I went with Pittsburgh Penguins for NHL um, only because um, the their badge is a penguin playing hockey which i thought was hilarious so i chose them <laughs> but I mean, if i could if i could have my time back max i would go for a dirty southern team every time exactly that's why you still got time jesse yeah you're right i might i might defect you know after i've been to dallas we're going to an ice hockey game and i've said if dallas stars win that game that we go to i will defect to dallas stars they also wear slithering colors which makes me happy oh, there's so much to look forward to in all of this Oh man, what a great end of year I've got. <laughs> uh, wrestling. Wrestling. Hey, I've got a quiz for you. So you have um, got a this, quiz. so calm this down, top five. Down, this, down, I'm telling down. them about the top five. Uh, this top. <laughs> this top five. <laughs> <Stop. Daddy. laughs> this top five is top five cringiest moments in wrestling. Don't know why. We just thought we'd do it, and that's quite a broad <laughs> spectrum. Oh, WE specifically, isn't it? Because we could do like cringiest moments of WCW another day or something. Yeah. Um, and TNA yeah, have a fair few and all. Um, but. Um, yeah, so top five cringiest moments in WWE. Um, that can be like characters or storylines or just one thing that happened one week. Anything that just made us go, oh, why am I a wrestling fan? Yeah. And that's what we're doing. So exactly. I've made a quiz for you um, in order to work out who gets the three and who gets the two like we normally do, but based on cringy shit. So I'm looking forward to this. I am too. Quick uh, TNA story. I was in Birmingham, Birmingham over the weekend. And I was staying in a hotel with my friend Nick, and there was a TNA on. There was anything on at like half two in the morning after we'd been out. And it's, it's I don't understand how people can defend that show as being like good or relevant. Halfway well, through, it, are you talking about Impact? As it's now, yeah, is it now? It's, Impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halfway through, they played a match from like two thousand two with uh, Ken Shamrock in, and I was nice. like. Right, has their production value dropped or what? And then it like cut back to them being in Mexico, and it was Michael Algin versus Rhino in the main event. Right. So and what you're saying is no consistency, and it just, just doesn't make sense. Just doesn't make sense. It's just awful. It did make me, and and that was one of those moments where it's like, because Nick is kind of half into wrestling, and he was like, "Oh, you like wrestling? Let's put this on." And you know when you just want it to be good to get people into it and it's just shit yeah. and I feel like this is the thing with the cringiest moments because 
all of these moments are literally like when your mum and dad walk in or your your flatmate who's not a wrestling fan who always calls it stupid. It, it's those people that always walk in when these moments happen and they're like, yeah, see, it's fucking stupid. And you're like, no, 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 you just missed a really cool bit. But it's never a cool bit, Jesse. No, yeah, you're right. We trick ourselves and we think the cool bits are cool. But even they're not. Like, to an old wrestling fan, it's all pathetic. <laughs> I know, and some of these are just like... We were talking about this this morning, and Jess was like, I'm not sure what you mean by cringy. Can you give me just a few examples? How long was the list I sent you? Yeah, long enough that I've just lifted my top five from it. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm just going to take a bunch of stuff that you don't say. It, it's you, a... you pretty much covered all bases. I think so. I, I think we could get a, a four-week stint out of this. No issue. Yeah. Totally. No and and one of mine, I'm just grouping grouping a bunch of stuff together, just just to save time. <laughs> I'm just going for an era. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> going for a year. It's just a lot easier that way. Yeah, I think so. Right. I'm, just, I'm, I'm just going for the company. <laughs> well, this is uh, what Nick said all witty on Twitter. He was like, oh, have you got enough time or something like that? I was like, oh, you yeah. rapscallion. <laughs> well, we haven't even got to it yet, and we've been talking for about half hour. So to answer your question, Nick, no. <laughs> So uh, you've got a quiz. I didn't ask you to prepare a quiz for <laughs> passive. That was yeah, but, but, but I have it. Took, for a quiz. It took me about forty-five seconds, so I knocked Excellent. it up quite quick. But I'll, I'm quite happy with it all the same. So the purpose of the quiz for people who are not listening um, regularly, <laughs> no or... one's listening. <laughs> no one makes it this far. No one ever makes it this far. I imagine because they're like, fucking hell, just Jesse and Max chatting. I want to. Yeah, I want to listen to a wrestling podcast. podcast. They don't even know we're a wrestling podcast. No, we're talking about Gary Newman and Oldman. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, fifty-six and in the iTunes world, just for chatting shit. Yeah, right. Hey, I looked it up. Get, do you know how many podcasts there are in the world, roughly? Like to the nearest round number. Ten. Bit, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. There's seven hundred thousand, right? So it's a lot of podcasts, but at the same time, I thought it would be way more than that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, because everyone's got a fucking podcast now. Yeah, that's only iTunes, mind. So every podcast that's on iTunes, there's 700,000 podcasts on iTunes. And every podcast that's, like, good is has found its way onto iTunes, isn't it? So yeah. that's, but that's not bad. I think, like, it's still a relatively... They're very popular podcasts, but I think it's still a relatively small market in that regard. Yeah, like a lot, a lot of celebrities are doing it, but for day to day people, kind of doing it, a lot of people find success. But um, for us to be, obviously, we're in a very niche category with the fifty six best podcast on iTunes in the wrestling sport category. That's quite fucking niche, but still something to be proud of. Because I imagine there's a shit ton of wrestling podcasts. Yeah, there was, there is, mate. Trust me. Ooh, you're telling me, right? So. Anyway, the purpose of the quiz, for people who aren't familiar with the format, is basically we do a top five and a literal top five between us. And if you're good at maths, that means someone gets three and someone gets two. And if you're not good at maths like I am, this is all very confusing. So we have to figure out who gets the three and the number one slot. So we do a quiz. I have to, or Jesse has to, in this case, I have to get four out of five right. If I do that, I get all three slots. Did I explain that? Good, wow, good. Good, well, perfect, well done, lovely. Lovely. So, um, yeah, hit me up, bro. You ready? Uh, Okay, so I know you probably haven't got it prepared because you're useless, but are you going to drop in the nice quiz music afterwards? Of course I am. I like that we say quiz music like it's not lifted from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. millionaire. (laughs) Yeah, it is the best quiz music, it's good. Oh, we Um, haven't even talked about the, the, the show we did last time, which caused me all kinds of bother and really wasn't worth it. Oh yeah, okay. Do you want to quickly have a quick rant about that? 
little one yeah, uh, sure. we we watched beyond the mat together and it was delightful i had a good time and uh we decided to block it on on copyright claims we had, we had a little back and forth me and a, fi- a film that doesn't belong to wwe by the way a film that we um actively disassociated themselves with upon release yeah, exactly. And under fair use, if we're using it and talking over it and it's commentary based on observation, it's under the fair use, you motherfuckers. And, and also, we were... the film is on YouTube in its raw format anyway. Which is where we got it. So, Jesus Christ, come on. So, after a lot of back and forth, they were like, okay, well, we'll review it and see what blah, blah, blah. They didn't fucking review it. It's up there now. And it really fucked up our listenership because, like, the top five episode went up talking about the thing and it wasn't there. So... They dicked us on listens, Jesse, and it's really annoyed me. They're listener dicks. But if you're listening to this now, go back and find our YouTube commentary along with Beyond the Map. Search Got Till 5. It's there. Good. It's good fun. Great. Okay, I'm over it. Hit me with a quiz. All right, have a listen. All right, let's go. Cool. Um, okay. Um, question number one, Max Curtin. Yes. Um, the Boogeyman debuted in 2005 in the WWE. Who were his first WrestleMania opponents? Um, I feel like, because you said opponents, I can't imagine him appearing any other time, so Booker T and Charmella, Charmel, whatever her name was. You are correct, sir. I will yeah. take Charmel, which is her name. And I will also take Booker T over King Booker. Um, although Sorry, no, he wasn't. He wasn't King Booker at that point. That's my mistake. Um, question number two. Mm-hmm. Um, another of our favourite wrestlers, um, Eugene, um, <laughs> debuted in two thousand and four. What was his medical problem? No. Um, uh, what <laughs> Eugene? Um, at, at what event did he suffer his first pinfall loss? Oh, Jesus. What event? So are we talking about... Uh, like the pay-per-view name, or...? Yes. Okay. Um... I really... I don't know. Um... What? You obviously, you obviously didn't um, follow Eugene's career as closely as me. <laughs> <laughs> you you <laughs> followed a little his, bit. Kept uh, his win-loss record in the back of the draft book. Um, I'm just going through his career, his illustrious career with them, because he won the. I remember him winning the tag team titles, so I imagine his first loss would be him kind of losing that. Um, and I don't know. I, I, is it a pay per view? Is it a pay per view? I don't. I think that's an unfair click. I don't think it is. There's like twelve of them. Okay. And he was yes. There for yes. Years. Yes. It's a pay per view. Okay. Um, what's a fucking random pay per view? Royal Ro- no. Um, what was that pay per view with the dragon? <laughs> what are you talking about? That was a rant. A New Year's <laughs> Revolution. Resol- Revolution? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that was in um, Cuba or something. Yeah, was fuck it? it. Let's go with that one. Okay, you are incorrect, sir. I um, thought it would be. 
It was SummerSlam 2004. His first pinfall loss was to Triple H. Mm. Do you remember that? that After Triple sense. H kidnapped William Regal and fucked him up um, <laughs> on the Titantron and stuff. Do you remember all that? Yep. yep. Yeah. So um, I said pinfall loss because he had lost um, a tag team match, as you say before, but it was by disqualification. So mm. it was his first pinfall loss was SummerSlam 2004. To Triple SummerSlam 2004 has a lot uh, that WWE wants to forget, doesn't it? It does. It was a crazy old show. Um, do you also remember that was JBL versus Undertaker, and Undertaker chokeslammed JBL through the top of his limo, oh, and yeah. the roof just like ripped like paper. Yeah, because it was. <laughs> it just looked terrible. Okay. That was a weird show. It was. Um, so what's that? That's um, one. So that's your first one wrong. So you got to get keep the, get them all right now, mate. Got to get them all right. Ready? Yep. Okay. In the Donald Trump versus Vince McMahon hair versus hair match at WrestleMania 23, mm-hmm. how was the wrestler who represented Vince announced by then general manager William Regal? Represented who, sorry? Vince McMahon. Uh, Vince? Uh, fuck. <laughs> so William Regal did the ring announcing for this match. How did he announce? Oh, it, well, it was. Vince's wrestler. It was Umaga that was Vince's, so I'm presuming you're angling up the way he says it, which is Umanga. You are correct, sir. He was yes. announced as Umanga. The, well, the Samoan bulldozer Umanga, but I will allow Umanga. I will allow Umanga. Well done. And no, and that was it. He kept on saying it because he kept on doing announcing stuff, and he just kept saying Umanga. Yeah, he always no one said Umanga. It. <laughs> I loved it. I, think I don't even to... know where that came from because there's no N. There's, there's it's <laughs> Umaga. <laughs> Okay, um, in 2003, um, the late Rosie, rest in peace, um, became the Hurricane superhero in training, also known as shit. Um, prior, prior to this, um, he was in a stable called Three Minute Warning. Can you name the other two members? Of Three Minute Warning? Of Three Minute Warning. Uh, I can. There was... Uh, Rico. Yeah. Who was the hairstylist. And what a treasure he was. <laughs> and then the other one, so it was Rico, Rosie, and Jamal. Correct. Who well would done. eventually become um- Umanga. Correct. Yeah, very good. Both did. Um, <laughs> good. Um, so, final question. Get this right to get the three. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this popped in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Vengeance 2003, Jamie Noble defeated Billy Gunn for the right to sleep with Tory Wilson. Yep. How did this feud culminate on the following SmackDown? Oh, shit. Oh, I remember the sex case. Why do I just remember the sex case? <laughs> you really have picked some good cringy moments that I kind of forgot <laughs> yeah, about. Thank you. Oh shit! Um, great match, by the way, that these two had. I thought it was Billy a fun Gunn little match. Had a had a good showing. Um, Billy Gunn did the Jesterplex in this match. Do you remember my finisher yes. on the Batsy Castle? No context. <laughs> uh, fuck! I remember it was in a hotel room, and it was like the three of them and Nadia. Um, what happened? Oh, what happened? I'm picturing the scene of them in the hotel room with four of them. Fuck. Um, this is going to drive me crazy. Uh, 
This is like me when you quiz me on um, the gifts from Jericho to Kevin Owens in the um, on the, the on the best friends thing. Right. It's... That's that's how this is how I felt. Was there like? <clears throat> Did they swap or? I, 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 so I, close. I I I don't know. I remember bits, but I don't remember the outcome. Okay, so it ended in a gangbang between Noble, Gunn, Tory, and Nidia, is the correct answer. That was the end of this feud, just them all in bed together. I used to watch this on a Saturday morning yeah. for my Cocoa <laughs> I Pops. <laughs> I feel like you were so close with that one, so I might give you a sixth tiebreaker. Um, if this I has never happened before. I know. So, yeah, you were sort of, you were enough on the money with that one, I think. Um, I just need to think of a question so you can maybe cut this <laughs> if I can't think of it quick enough. Um, let's have a thing. Let me just have a look around the room. At I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let the audience know. Uh, next, The next show is our two-year anniversary show, which is very confusing to say. Make sure you tune in because we've got special guests. Might even do the whole awards thing again. That was fun. Do a little recap of what was going on. We'll invite some old friends on. Steve's probably up for it. We love hearing from Steve. So, uh, yeah, make sure you tune in. I'm going to come back from holiday and then immediately try and arrange that. So that's going to be horrible for me. Um, okay, so Billy and Chuck were the first ever um, kayfabe, openly gay couple um, in WWE history. Mm-hmm. Um, they won the um, tag team titles. Um, who did they lose them to? Ooh. Uh, well, which time? The first or the second time? The first time. First time. Uh, I remember thinking that they were so cutting edge with the story. Yeah, at the time it felt brilliant, didn't it? And then they fucked it all up. Uh, it's quite a tricky question. Um, I know they were kind of having a long feud with with um, Three Minute Warning. Um, APA they had a feud with. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with APA. You are incorrect. Motherfucker. After all of that, tiebreaker yeah. and all. I know, I'm sorry. The first time they lost them, it was to Rico and Rikishi. What? Yeah, then they won them back, and then they lost them. The second time, can you remember that? Yeah. Who who did they lose them to the second time? I don't remember who they lost them to, but I remember them losing us. Edge and Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Ah, yes, of course they did. There you go. Wow. Why were Rico and Rikishi a team? I have no memory of that either. <laughs> okay. Good there times. You go. Good times, we've all learned something today. We have, it's been a journey. It's always a journey on the Got To A Five podcast. A long, long journey. <laughs> so you get the top three slots, I get to pick two. It's gonna be It's gonna be a wild ride, Jesse. Good, so let's go. Um, all right, let's get on with it. Let's play the music. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Are you ready? Yeah, you fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me he didn't just say that. Me! I hope one day we get to walk out on stage to that music. 
Ah, oh, me too. No, but we'd have to walk out to the um, Got To A Five intro, wouldn't we? And that would have to play while we were on stage. Or would you leave the stage and come back onto it just so you can? <laughs> just quickly hide. Yeah. <laughs> play it. So I'm looking at your list that you sent me of all the cringy moments, and it's very difficult because I, even though they are cringy, um, I sort of have um, warm and fuzzy feelings in my heart for quite a lot of them. <laughs> the, this is the problem with Jesse. He he doesn't, he roots for the bad guys in movies. He has no shame, no guilt. <laughs> None of this no affects him whatsoever, like, um, at all. There's definitely sociopathic tendencies going I think undiagnosed sociopath might be going oh, on here. I think everyone who listens to this podcast has diagnosed <laughs> them. Oh, yeah, maybe. We'll see. Um, but... It, so I'm going to start with, um, uh, fuck it, I'm going to start nice and simple. I'm going to start with Katie Vick Ooh. is my number five. So Katie Vick, for younger listeners that might not know, um, was um, Kane's girlfriend, or Kane's prom date, we should say, um, who Kane, who Triple H outed him on the lead up to No Mercy 2002 as Kane was driving um, Katie Vick back from the prom um, that he had had a few drinks, Kane. I don't know how he got it through his mask, but he'd had drinks. And um, he had a car crash. Kane broke his arm and stuff, you know, which is bad. And um, Katie Vick died. Katie Vick was a dead lady. So um, that... But then the real cringy bit was Triple H said that the forensics found semen, Kane's semen, inside Katie Vick. And what Triple H wanted to know is, was the semen plopped in there before or after the accident? <laughs> so this whole storyline was built around the fact that... And by the way, Kane, um, when he responds to this on the mic, he says, yes, 10 years ago, I did do this. So 10 years ago... We're supposed to believe that Cade was a high school freshman, which was yeah. would have been 1992, which would make Cade in his like mid to late 20s in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you, look you at find Kane that for... the weird <laughs> thing about this story. That's your takeaway of like, this is totally unbelievable. And if you, but not only that, you sort of think Kane, like, it had been previously said, no consistency with this character. It had been said that Kane, Kane had been wearing that mask since he was a kid. He was in the birds and all that, you know, in the fire. Um, so he, he, presumably he wore that mask to the prom as a freshman. And she was meant to be um, a cheerleader. And she was a cheerleader. It's just ridiculous. And there's the famous scene <laughs> That's of. That's what Jesse cringed at. It's like the inconsistencies. Yeah, just inconsistencies. Outrageous. <laughs> Forget the rape. It's just bad writing. And then um, also, and then there's the famous scene of Triple H in a casket in a church um, simulating sex with a mannequin, which is supposed to be Katie Vick. While wearing then, a cane mask. While wearing a cane mask. And then he goes, oh, and then he grabs like jelly looking stuff from the casket and holds it up. And he goes, I screwed your brains out. And that's oh, sort God. of an iconic bit. I'm and, cringing but- talking about it. Yeah, it's horrible and like not, and it's such misplaced comedy. You could just imagine if it's like man pissing himself, can't you? Like behind the camera. But All of these events was, related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but interestingly, I didn't know this. I misremembered this. That scene, that bit of Triple H in the casket, happened on the Raw after No Mercy. What? 
it happened after the feud was over. It was just like they no. had this extra. Yeah, they just had this extra bit, and they were like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's just show it on Raw," even though we've concluded the feud. Well, I remember him sitting in the <laughs> ring with like a cheerleader blow up doll as well, like interviewing a dead Katie Vick or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's this is why it's so hard for like people to accept us as wrestling fans. This is why it it's just oh god, I just. And also, I just don't have words for this. I'm so angry. <laughs> like, we were quite young and impressionable at the time. You just took it at face value. Yeah, totally. You absolutely did. And Katie Vick, I've tried for years, literally years. I've put more effort into this, into almost anything else in my life. I've tried to work out where the name Katie Vick comes from, whether it was the name of, like, someone backstage. Because normally, wrestling names are derived from something, right? Yeah. But nope, Katie Vick just seems like it was plucked out the sky. It's got no relevance to anything, that name. I don't understand where it came from. I can't find anything about it. You ever go into Jesse's basement, there's just, like, red string everywhere. And And it's all, like, red-hued because I'm, like, developing these photos in the water (laughs) of, like, Triple H in the casket and stuff. Um... But yeah, Katie Vick, no idea where the name came from. But what a stupid story. Like, it's a cringy storyline. And I, to me, I know you laugh about, like, I'm saying about the inconsistency, and that's what really bothered me. But it fucking is, because if it had happened with any other character, any normal character, it sort of... It would have been at least slightly plausible, but the fact it was Kane, who up until then had had this history, like, shrouded in darkness and sort of hammer horror sort of character do you know what i mean and all of a sudden yeah. they give him this just bizarre storyline that just makes no sense at all and it was if so they, weird if they'd given it to jericho or something it would have made more sense yeah and it was so weird in the sense of that like it was a mid pay-per-view feud with a three-week build-up like eventually it, it did lead to i think this was the storyline that eventually led to the intercontinental title eventually being retired because yes. it was Kane Kane was intercontinental, he put the bout up against Triple H and they retired it. But this was like a middle match on No Mercy. It was just Yeah, like, yeah, it was headlined by Brock and Taker in a great yeah, Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, exactly. So this was and I remember the video package also clearly, Jesse. And <laughs> it is just weird. As it a is. thing to kind of put out and and the fact that it wasn't just a one week pitch of an idea, that this carried on this was a saga of like the the more details that came out about the case of like Katie Vick and what Kane did to her like he swerved for a deer I remember him saying and that's why he crashed the car and he was trying to do this remorseful Oscar winning performance of, of like how sad he was that she died and I, I've quit jobs for less than that <laughs> why would you come to work the next week yeah I suppose I mean you want that um, you want that heavyweight title don't you regardless of what but you um, know who's holding it it's like, yeah, that's true. You're not getting false hopes out of being like, wow, we're only in the reign of terror, but maybe if I agree to rape a dead girl, I'll get the title. Yeah, exactly. Although um, they did, I will say, years and years later, they kind of redeemed themselves um, with this storyline um, when the Daniel Bryan Kane anger management vignettes were happening. Right. Um, and they, they sort of acknowledged the inconsistency of Kane's character, um, which was just fantastic. Do you remember this? No, not so this is a, Are you ready? This is um, Kane in anger management talking um, a couple of years ago. I grew up locked in a basement, 
suffering severe psychological and emotional scarring when my brother set my parents on fire. From there, I shifted around among a series of mental institutions until I was grown, at which point I buried my brother alive. Twice. Since then, I've set a couple of people on fire and abducted various co-workers. Oh, and I uh, once electrocuted a man's testicles. Years ago, I had a girlfriend named Katie, but uh, let's just say that that didn't turn out so well. My real father is a guy named Paul Bearer, who I recently trapped in a meat locker. I've been married, divorced, broke up my ex-wife's wedding and tombstone the priest. And for reasons never quite explained, I have an unhealthy obsession with torturing Pete Rowe. <laughs> that's brilliant. I think that's like a really I mean, great um, yeah. acknowledgement of sort of his ridiculous character. Throughout the years of just, oh God. Yeah, there's, he is one of the most strangest characters in wrestling. Like Undertaker yeah. has always been consistent. He's just been the dead man, except for when he realized he wasn't dead and was a <laughs> badass biker dude. <laughs> But, you know, that that was a small window. Kane has He's, been all over the shop. Yeah, no, yeah, he has. And you think about his um, unmasked days and then corporate Kane. And so he's been, yeah, we should uh, we should do a top five Kane something or other soon because he's just, there's a other. lot to cover. There is. There is. We did a, a two-part on Jericho. We can do one on uh, Kane's personality. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely. Strong start. Rape and necrophilia. Yep, there we go. Thank you. And proms. <laughs> uh, and again roommates parents walking in while you're watching this stuff very difficult to 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 explain yes um speaking of hard to explain i'm gonna go for march 5th 2001 on raw this involved a lovely young lady by the name of trish stratus stripping down to her underwear and barking like a dog see i was all right with this <laughs> <laughs> Jesse will remain silent for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> so even though we have uh, necrophilia, incest, everything else going on, this was one of the most criticized things that WWE ever did. So um, Vince entered into an affair with Trish, and there was this whole crazy sex thing going on. And then he was like, nah, mate, don't want a piece of that no more. And Trish wanted to beg Mr. McMahon for forgiveness. Um... And basically, where, where do you even go with this? Um, McMahon just didn't care about her and he wouldn't accept the apology until Stratus said in dog language just how <laughs> sorry she was for for what she'd done and who she was as a person. So, To be fair, you no, don't speak no, dog no. back, so you don't know that's what she said. <laughs> so... A woman on national TV who has become one of the most respected women's wrestlers in the industry, Trish Stratus, had to go on all fours and started woofing like a dog. Okay. Uh, um, no, no, no. You don't get to talk in this. You no. don't get to talk in this segment. <laughs> this is a quiet justice segment. <laughs> then Vince McMahon uh, tells her to strip down to her underwear, and and continues to make her bark like a dog and beg for forgiveness. God, I can hear you brewing behind the microphone. <laughs> Just itching to talk. I get flashbacks and it's getting me all riled up. Yeah, maybe I um, should make you talk so you don't touch yourself. Okay, so, yeah, hang on. Right, um, so... <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, can I sort of defend this? No. 
Okay, well, I'm going to try. Um, <laughs> from from a storytelling point of view, this is fine, I think, because it's it's the bad guy doing something horrible that makes you hate him. That's what bad guys are supposed to do. That right? There's other ways to tell stories, Jesse. No, there isn't. This like, was his sick fantasy. There was, well, th- maybe, but it's, <laughs> there's still, like, it's an, it's an evil character doing something evil so that we all hate him. We still hate, you know, you obviously still hate him to this day um, for making her do this. Uh, so it worked and it all added heat on Shane McMahon eventually, you know, battering his father at WrestleMania. That's what this was all leading up to in what is widely considered a fantastic match. And one of the reasons it was such a fantastic match is because the build was so strong on making everyone just want Vince McMahon to get his ass kicked so badly. And it was moments like this that made you want him to get his ass kicked so badly. True, but come on, man. There's other ways. Just yell at her. No, it, no, you can even hit her. You needed to, <laughs> you needed to really take it to the extreme, you know. And they obviously had plans for Trish to sort of turn her into a top sort of. I, I, they, I, they probably didn't expect her to become this incredible wrestler, but they wanted, you know, she's a gorgeous girl and that. They wanted her to be a <laughs> top face in so the. Like a six-year-old um, man, then she's a gorgeous girl. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they obviously wanted to turn her into a top face of the women's division, right? So this was a, the first time because she was heel at this point. This was the first time that she um, looked vulnerable, and everyone felt sort of sorry for her and felt bad for Trish. And so it worked for her. It got fans on her side, turned her into a big star, and it made people hate Vince more. I think it was a expertly done angle that ticked all the right boxes. Of course you do. And we um, saw Trish in her underwear back next talk. Ah, you were so close to being my favorite <laughs> yeah, human being. So close. Uh, but the angle was blasted, you know, uh, Sky Sports, they were delayed, they refused to broadcast it. Squares. And uh, also my favourite thing was when Linda McMahon was running for Senate, this was brought up by the media, <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she had to defend it. And she literally did what you did, she was like, blah blah blah, it was in character, and she was like, by the way, news report lady, uh, this was before we operated under a PG rating, but, you know, that makes it okay. <laughs> Just, oh, the stuff we did before PG, just strike it off because it's all, it's all horrible. It's, yeah, just forget about that. They need um, the the Men in Black flashy yeah. things, don't they, to wipe people's memories? I think they if need. If anyone's going to invent that in real life, it will be the McMahon's. Oh God, yes. They'll, I'm surprised he's not working on an internal sunshine of the spotless mind type of deal. <laughs> just to raise like people like CM Punk from from yeah. memory. Benoit. I love that CM Punk comes to your mind before Benoit. It probably does to Vince's as well. It, it does, let's be honest. <laughs> right, strong choice, although I fundamentally disagree. Um, number three, um, I'm going for... I'm going to go with um, Vince Drops the N-Bomb. Mm. This was interesting. Yeah, so this was um, a backstage segment. I don't even know what event it was, do you? No. It was a backstage segment. I think it was a pay-per-view um, at some point. Um uh, what's his name John Cena sort of has um, still has his hip hop gimmick going on he's just moving out of it a bit because yep. he's main eventer but it's still there a bit and so uh, the joke here is that Vince as a sort of old cracker 
runs into John Cena and tries to be hip with him, right? So he's like, hey, what's good in the hood? Uh, what's keeping it down? You know, keeping it down, boss, and all that. And Vince was like, yep, well, keep oh, it up. A little bit of the bubbly. And so I'm quoting him, so I'm allowed to do it. And, Still um, going to bleep you. <laughs> and it's like, and then he walks off uh, past Booker T and Charmel. And Booker T says his catchphrase, tell me he didn't just say that. Everyone Which is laughs. in our top five drop. Yes. Um, is it fr- is it from that exact um, bit that that it drops is. from as well? That's lovely. Um, and that's all funny. Ha ha. Um, lovely little skit. But except it's not because it, it just didn't need to exist at all. No. There's no point to it at all. Vince was barely even a character on telly at this point. There, it, there was no benefit to doing it. It was... I don't understand. And it wasn't even shocking, really. The way it was delivered, it didn't have any shock value to it. It wasn't funny. It was just like, why have you wasted sort of two minutes of our pay-per-view time with that? And also, why was Booker T and John Cena cool with this happening? Exactly. Well, yeah. And I suppose, like, they... <laughs> I mean, John Cena was pure company man, right? Like, well, still is. Like, I'm sure he would do anything. I think maybe now he he doesn't do everything. But back then, he was... He would have done anything he was told. And I think Booker T just... I don't know. It's just... You get told this is happening and... You know what Vince is like? People always talk about him, don't they? Saying how he can convince anyone that a bad idea is a good idea. He can um, take your idea, say we're not going to use it, but somehow make you walk out the office feeling great, even though he's completely shat on your idea because he just knows how to turn people around. I bet when he pitched this to Booker T, he was like, this is going to be the funniest thing in the world and everyone's going to think you're the best and like what a good sport you are and all this, just so that he could blast the N-word on telly. And you can tell he was so happy because of just how he walked away afterwards. <laughs> I got away with it. Exactly. It's all good. It's, yeah, I just don't understand it. It's so... And they've done some fantastic skits. Do you remember uh, the Monday Night Football parody that they did with Shelton Benjamin and mm-hmm. Trish Stratus with Vince McMahon? Uh, that is an example of doing that sort of humour, but well executed, right? Yes. Like, he, they nailed that. And you think a few years later, they do something like this, which just, it makes no sense to me. Just I, f- pu- I feel like cringe. it was on his bucket list and he just wanted to cross it off. I'm going to say the N-word on TV. And that's all he's been working towards Yeah. this, this whole time. So um, that that's why he did it. But it's, again, it was such a moment of everyone just going, I think you're in two camps. You're either, wait, what did he just say? Or you were, <laughs> 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 You were in one of those. You weren't in a, nice, Vince. Nice. Yeah, exactly. It, it it served no purpose to anyone except confusement and po- and possible like just causing offence to the black community. Vince McMahon. <laughs> I feel like we we have a lot. I a lot of the one because I've written five here, and the two I and I'm not going to mention do involve Vince McMahon. So you know. Well, there you go. <laughs> I've already mentioned one with Trish Barker like a dog. So. <laughs> That's all good. Um, number two for me. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot, Jesse. <laughs> there's are, a you lot. Picking, are you picking from your list like I am? No, I've got one I want to talk about because this encompasses a whole year or two years of wrestling. Um, but honestly, we could do part two, part three, part four. We could. Nick said we could do a weekly episode of this, and I think he's right. Yeah. I think he's right. So 
my number two moment is literally anything from the guest GM era of Raw. Ah, okay. I mean, um, I, I'm a bit offended that you're included the Muppets in that because I hey, they, they there were well. there were some good moments. The Muppets were one of them. Bob Barker, absolute treat. Yeah, Hugh Jackman, um, passive. Yeah, I was about to say Vicky Guerrero coming on to Hugh Jackman was pretty wonderful. Yeah, so there was like four examples where it went well. This went on for I think a whole year. Yeah. And let me give you some examples of why it was fucking terrible. This was literally the worst time to be a wrestling fan. What year was this? Like 2008, Two, 9? Was it? 8 and 9, I think. Yeah, yeah. about that. Yeah. Because I think I was living in Canada, so this was like the one time I could watch WE at a normal time at like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and this is the shit I get lumbered with. <laughs> it was unbelievable. So the point of the... There was no actual GM on Raw, and obviously ratings were bad, and they wanted to do something to pick it up. And instead of giving control to the fans, which they're doing at the moment, apparently, they were like, let's get celebrity guests in. That all, like, boosts up ratings and get everyone tuning in. Except they either picked douchebags that hated wrestling and were just trying to get themselves over, or they picked people that no one had a fucking clue who they were. Yeah. And and this was what was going on. So... Let, let's just let's just take a walk down memory lane, shall we? Uh, Ken Jong from The Hangover, from Community, he he was a guest along with Jeremy Piven. I'll get to him in a second. Okay. So long, gay boys. That one. <laughs> that one. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Jong called Han Swoggle the Horn Gobbler. That's a normal thing. Jeremy Piven made a match with The Miz that was like ridiculous, and if he lost, he'd be banned from the Staples Center, from Raw, from Wrestling, from WE Forever. Remind me who that is. uh, Jeremy Piven was in The Entourage, and he's not that famous. No, I can't picture him. I don't know who he is. And he announced that this match would take place at Summerfest. Amazing. Right? This this is the caliber I'm dealing with here, Jesse. There were some NASCAR drivers that came on who interrupted Jericho, and then one of them was playing a face and one of them was playing a heel, and one of them called Kofi Kingston, Kofi Johnson, and they just kept smiling, Jesse. <laughs> they just kept smiling throughout the whole thing. It was awful. William Shatner read wrestling, ly- wrestling song lyrics. He read Sexy Boy like it was words from poetry. <laughs> I'm just mom, a sexy boy. My mum always gets um, always gets David Hasselhoff and William Shatner confused. How? Which is I know I don't know how, but like they're just like American sort of bad but lovable actors, right? So she um, gets them all confused. But you know everyone calls David Hasselhoff the half. My mum always gets confused and calls William Shatner the Shat. <laughs> it's like mum, no one calls him the Shat. <laughs> Well, he shut the bed on his promo, let me tell you <laughs> that. Um, and then he, he read John Cena's lyrics, and it was just meant to be just like, hey, we're doing a funny bit. And it yeah, we're in the mainstream. God damn. Uh, Ozzy and Sharon came out. There was an America's Got Talent segment on the show. That oh, was Jesus. weird. See, I've blocked all this out. I think, you're right, it was so bad that I've just wiped it from my memory. I've been men in blacked. There were so many of these. The, the final ones, I think this was like the tail end of it. Um, do you remember Bobby J. Thompson, who was in Role Models, little black kid who was like really funny? Yeah. 
So he was like one of the last guests because he was known as the PSP kid. So like he do adverts talking about how great PSP was and what you should buy on it. Okay. So, so he was like a guest host on Raw, um, just doing backstage segments of like, I'm on my PSP, you should buy one. He comes out to do like some commentary or some announcing. And the fans booed the shit out of him. <laughs> Oh, this child they're just like and he's like I don't care I love it and they're like ooh <laughs> <laughs> they booed the shit out of a child and it made me really happy and then the week before that there were the women from that morning show who were just hitting each other in the butts with wine bottles what well, the view do you mean the view it was no I think it's like Good Morning America or one of those shows oh, okay. and they were just like did a segment where they had a little argument and they just hit each other in the butt with wine bottles and they had to send out Adam Rose to, to end it. Like, you... Oh, Adam Rose? Yeah. He goes back that far? Yeah. Jesus. I know. Ridiculous, right? Well, there we go. And so, the jackass guys, I remember them being on it. Yeah, and then they had the Omaga feud. Umanga, thank you. Umanga, sorry. And they, they just kept getting the shit beat out of them and just laughing and getting up, which really annoyed him. It did, and I, I don't blame him. Uh, yeah, because they weren't selling at all, were they? And then uh, he well, made himself they were... real. Yes. Um, but um, I listened to Steve-O on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he talked about that, and he said that it was explained... Steve-O said like, it was explained to him afterwards why that happened to them and why Umarka <laughs> kept destroying them. And Steve-O actually now... It worked. Steve-O has a ton of respect for wrestling and, like apologised profusely for it, you know, to Umaga. Instead, Umaga was totally cool with him afterwards. He was like, look, you just can't keep selling because, you know, we're here every week. We need to make it look good. And it was all explained and steve was like, fair play. Like, you know, I fucked up bad. And um, so I quite like that, that it did teach steve a valuable lesson. There you go. So one bonus came out, but this was a whole year, maybe 10 years. I don't even know how long this went on for, Jesse. Of these like guest GMs that, like, every single Raw was a cringy... Like, we've mentioned there's been some good bits, but it was just bad segments, terrible jokes, and just... Everything was just poorly done. And it just... This was the worst part of the PG era, because it just felt so PG of them just shoving down this kind of happy American entertainment bullshit down your throat. <laughs> Makes me yeah, they, so fucking angry. Be, they wanted to be a family show, didn't they? That's, so, that's what they were doing. And also, we learned that Beaker is related to Seamus. Well, that was a bonus. And <laughs> so, see, some good things came out of this. But didn't Sant- Santino Morella get a pin with the help from the Muppets? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I remember that happening, which, like, they popped up on the ring apron and me, 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 distract. <laughs> oh, now I'm angry again. <laughs> so fucking stupid like what was the point of this yeah it is stupid how can you run angles like that one minute and then expect us to be taking the main event seriously do you know what i mean as, yeah. and it's, when it's all supposed to be in the same world it just doesn't it doesn't do it for me at all yeah all you lot bitching about we's not great at the moment and like oh AEW, wwe it doesn't matter none of it's it matters it's been worse it's been worse my friends and this was literally the worst era of wwe wrestling yeah i think i agree with you Good. A bad era with a very good roster. Like, such a wasted roster. Yeah. Didn't know what they had. I know. Please move on. I'm very irate right now. My blood pressure's through the roof. Okay, well, um, before I hit my number one... Heart rate's at 99, by the way. (laughs) Before I hit my number one, uh, there's a couple on your list that I just want to say what you wrote, because it's quite funny. (laughs) Like, I like that um, you've just put Jerry the King Lawler 
as <laughs> just as a one. Just, general just statement. As cringy. Yep. Um, you've written hide and rape, which yep. is was a cringy moment, but kind of brilliant as well. By but the way, could... um, hide and rape was going to be one of the ones I, I spoke about because uh, it's. Let, let me just read this this interview from uh, from Hide and Reich. This was in two thousand eight. Okay. Hide and Reich commented that Vince McMahon came up with it in a dream one night. <laughs> he said that Stephanie was the one who approached him on the day of the show to inform him of what was going to go down. Heidenreich added Pulp Fiction came to mind when he heard it and stated, I'm just happy I was doing the raping and not getting raped. <laughs> I do not want to see Heidenreich get raped by Michael Cole. <laughs> yeah, it did work out for the best. Yeah. Um, I was going to mean- explain it to listeners that haven't, heard, but it wouldn't make more sense if I explained it. No, Google it. Just uh, Google hide and rape if you don't know what we're talking about and enjoy. Um, not at work. Um, Hogan being the right gay at the right time, you've written mm. here as well, which was a slip up on the mic from Hulk Hogan, which was quite funny. I'm the right gay. I'm the right gay at the right time. <laughs> um, that was before Mania 19 on SmackDown, I believe. Um, you've, written, you've written Eugene. Um, you've Just, written Vin- Vince yep. with any diva. Yeah. Um, some good ones here um but i'm going to um naturally take a turn for the dark with my number one and go with um the chris benoit memorial raw uh, of course uh, of course i am i shouldn't have put that in there no so i watched this recently weekly in fact and <laughs> <laughs> do you remember when we did that promo episode and you were like i listened to the dusty Rhodes promo before bed for like motivation that was yeah. all bullshit you just watched the chris benoit one <laughs> I've got it on um, Counterfeit DVD. I bought it off some guy on eBay. Um, So it's obviously the reason it's cringy is because of what we know in light of this tribute show. Um, And what's interesting about it and what makes it cringy, and, you know, we could have included this in our dark moments as well, is how much WE actually knew at the time of putting this Raw out. Mm Mm-hmm. And they still went ahead with it, you know. They still, you know, ratings pop. Do you know what I mean? He's still cynical, I know. But if you're doing a tribute show and it's all over the news that a wrestler's dead, that is going to be one of your most watched Raws of the year. And it absolutely was. Yep. Um, as the Eddie Guerrero one was in 2005 as well. Um, but, like, it came out, what Benoit had done. Um, you could tell in some of the wrestlers when they were talking backstage, doing their, whatever you call them, eulogies. William Regal. Um, Regal knew um, you could tell the way he's very reserved he says you know I'm not um, I'm not gonna say anything he said right now all I'm prepared to say is that Chris Benoit was the greatest wrestler in the world and very much avoids talking about Benoit the person at all Yeah. Um, and Regal knew Benoit very very well um, and in fact did you know this in the WCW days of Benoit and Regal um, William Regal was driving um, with Chris Benoit and Nancy in the back seat. Regal was all fucked up, and he flipped the car. And, really? Yep, very nearly killed um, Benoit and Nancy. So um, imagine if that had happened and where we'd be now in our lives. Um, so that's an interesting little tidbit. But um, it didn't happen, and Benoit lived on for a bit. Um, so. We, so we got that. Um, I think JBL um, actually said was very careful with his words as well. Yeah. Um, and it was just the the fact that like when you know when you're watching this raw and you know what's happening elsewhere on the news and like these details are trickling in in the American media and stuff, 
And they just carried on going ahead with this show. And literally the next night, it was the WWE CW. Vince McMahon has his bit at the start where he says, last night we had this show for Benoit, like stuff has come to light since then. And you will never hear Benoit's name again. Um, stuff had come to light around the time of the show and slightly before as well, but you know, to the WWE, but they just went ahead with it anyway. They had people on like they, because Benoit had called in sick um, the previous couple of days for obvious reasons. Night before, yeah. Um, but, and, and the night before that, a house show before that as well. He no showed, um, they sent like they sent i can't remember who it was like terry taylor or someone like that um over to atlanta he was in the area of benoit's house basically spying on we's behalf so he knew what was going down it was all very strange there's a lot of um shit going around this which you know i'm obsessed by it but there's there's all sorts of shit going down around this that it just doesn't add up and makes we shows we knew a lot more than they've let on even today and it just makes it all rather cringeworthy, I think. I think that's justified. It's, yeah. It, you, you knew what it was. Something wasn't right. If someone doesn't show up to work on a Saturday, they don't show up for a major pay-per-view when, with John Morrison winning, it seems like Benoit was going to win the title. Yeah, he was. And, it's been confirmed that he was. Yeah, so you wait three days and then you still go ahead with a show without knowing why your wrestler's missing. Yeah. Is a bit odd because normally it would be a case of you know drug overdose or whatever that's easy to confirm straight away but all it takes is for them to go into the the house on when was it like monday afternoon i think they went into the house that was when yeah that was when the bodies were found yeah it's like we have three bodies here that's a red flag even if it's all three have been murdered you still don't want to be going on with a live show tribute show you don't but what can you do like, I I sort of understand why they did it and like I said you know the whole you've still got three hours of it was going to be so this was before Raw was three hours long but this particular Raw was going to be three hours because it was going to be a special show that was Vince McMahon's funeral yes so that's, that's what said they had the dark because they had like a funeral procession backstage yes yeah, ready yeah, yeah. to go which I always yes. find the most fascinating bit about this and so yeah. weird yeah very weird um but, yeah, so this was three hours that they had to fill at a time when they weren't used to filling three hours, you know, like on the cuff, off the cuff, I should say. Um, so, there, they just um, did it. It was a lot of clips from the Hard Knocks DVD. And panning to JR and King, who were still sitting at ringside, even though there was no one in the arena, which was bizarre, with fucking Jerry the King looking like he saw a fucking ghost, man. And mm -hmm. um, Michael Cole and um, JBL as well. Just just hor horrible to watch and you know they just imagine go coming to work and hearing that you know this has happened we don't have all the details yet but stuff's dribbling through and it looks quite likely this has happened go on live telly and talk about how much you love the guy now do you know yeah. what i mean that must be fucking weird <laughs> they're they're very cringy when it comes to the death in the sense that they just handle it terribly and another one i think i wrote in that list was over the edge of 1999 like no one just the fact no, the show continued no other company in the world would have continued that show no one and i don't first of all this is something i've been thinking about recently from a legal forensic side of things how were they allowed to continue the show the man bounced into the ring normally with that kind of shit even if it's not like foul play or something they want to cordon it off they want to take samples do all of that kind of stuff with it but no they just were like yeah just fix the fix the corner and away we go everyone just avoid that corner 
Yeah, well, there there would have been a full. Inv- this is so fucking can You know, there would have been a full investigation into um, Owen Hart's death um, if the family had, you know, pressed charges against WE. Um, but but guess who um, guess who offered them a large amount of money <laughs> very very quickly, and that didn't quite happen. His name is why... Shazam, and he says Ex- the N word a lot. <laughs> exactly. And, um, like, Brett obviously wanted the inquiry to happen and stuff, but um, the laws say that it comes to your wife first, and the wife was paid off by um, by the McMahons to not do that. So there's been quite a big falling out between Brett and that. Same reason. Do you remember... Um, I mean, Vince McMahon throws money at everything and makes everything go away. Do you remember the brain stuff that... I've forgotten his name now. The ex-wrestler... Chris Nowinski. Chris Nowinski, who started the Brain Foundation after Benoit died, where taking wrestlers' brains and studying them and stuff. And um, suddenly, you hear, WWE have donated $100,000 to the Nowinski Brain Foundation, or whatever it's called. Um, Heard of them since? I haven't. Have you heard of them doing anything? No. Completely disappeared. WWE have put them right in their pocket and shut them up. It's... Yeah. It's... Carney, it's mafia, it's everything rolled into one. There's a great book series um, that's called. Well, the first book is called Blood Red Turns Dollar Green, and it's all about the the territories back in back in the 60s and 70s and stuff, and how each territory was run by someone, and it was all very mafia based. And you read them, and you go, "Yeah, that this is more factual than I'd like to hope it would be." And it's how Vince still operates. He you op- need to lend that to me. I do, I do. It's, I want to uh, read that. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous how he is still in power. I, I feel like our episodes recently have just gone more into attacking Vince McMahon with like our darkest <laughs> moments. And It's unintentional. I admire Vince McMahon massively. Like, the, I know he's got a fuck ton of blood on his hands, but he's, um, but he's made a hell of a legacy for himself. He's a complete workaholic. You, you can't, yeah, obviously you can fault him massively, but you, you've got <laughs> We've to, done many episodes on it. Yeah, but I still have begrudging respect for him. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, and the thing that made me laugh is today at work, uh, my friend Yasser was like, "Oh, so uh, so what are you doing this evening?" I was like, "Podcast." He's like, "Cool, what's on this evening?" I was like, "Cringiest moments in WWE." He is not a wrestling fan. He knows like roughly what's going on. And he went, uh, oh, so I imagine Vince is going to be featured heavily in that. I was like, fucking yes. <laughs> yes, he will be. People know. People know our shit. People know what Vinnie Mac does. Um, yeah. and another Vinnie Mac moment, this was another one of my uh, my top five, was the Dr. Heine segment. Do you remember this? No. So um, JR had a colonoscopy and had to be taken off TV. Vince thinks it was hilarious to do a over seven minute sketch on him doing a colonoscopy on a fake ass that was meant to be JR. Brilliant. So he was mocking him for having Bowers palsy and then he would operate on it and he had like this surgical outfit on and they played sound bites like in my ass and all this kind of stuff. And it was basically him just pulling out barbecue sauce. He pulled out an owl at one point, uh, a football helmet, and he even pulled out JR's head itself, and he just kept on cracking joke after joke about what he pulled out of, out of uh, JR's ass. Seven minutes, and there was no feud, no storyline. <laughs> this was just funny to him. Yeah. 
That's a good moment. I don't think I ever saw that. I'll need to YouTube that. I happily send it to you. Um, you. I You can do a top five on all the things Vince McMahon has done to JR in the past. <laughs> we should just do a top five on JR being abused, like when he was set on fire by Kane and all that And stuff. even then, we struggle to get, like, to pick five because there's, there's too many. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would be a multi To narrow that down would be difficult. <laughs> Um, it, we have a long list of cringy moments a lot involving Vince McMahon wrestling is cringy there's no doubt about it that's why people call it stupid and immature um, but we look for the good in between the bad and we've talked a lot in the past about the good but it's important to remember the bad and why people dislike wrestling so you can be like hey yes this aspect is shit but we have a lot of good going on as well yeah, be a be a well-rounded person. There's not enough well-rounded people anymore. Who, if you, not you, like if one likes something, you just sort of you ignore the bad shit and you blindly sort of go, no, this is brilliant actually. And you've got to um, you've got to embrace the bad and uh, understand other people's point of views and stuff because that's how we grow as a race. Yeah, necrophilia, incest, rape, everything else in between. <laughs> <laughs> we has it covered. And we can't we can't shy away from it. It's part of the history. It's what we've put our stock into. Own it. Yes, exactly. Couldn't agree more. And on that note, thank you for listening. It's been horrendous. <laughs> it's been it's been cringy. We should definitely come back to this at some point. Oh um, yes. Yeah, not the next one. Next one's our birthday, our little birthday anniversary episode. show. Yes, um, please join us for the birthday episode. You have no idea how much fun it's gonna be. I was listening to our one year anniversary episode earlier. One of our best ones, I'd say, Jesse. I'll I'll listen to it back and yeah, please um, do. yeah I'll have a fun. bit of um listener what do you call it? Like um if you're listening to yourself and enjoying it, I suppose you're yeah, but it's um, what's the word for ears? Like, so oral is the mouth. Earstibation. Yeah, fuck it. Do a bit of earstibation. That's what I'm gonna do. Exactly. We had uh, clip shows. We had guests. We had voting. We had awards. It was a whole laugh riot. We're gonna try and top it this year. I've got a guest in mind that I'm hoping's gonna blow your minds. So tune in in two weeks' time for the two-year anniversary of Got Till Five. We've been doing this for two fucking years. <laughs> and for what? And for what, Jesse? A couple of stickers and a pat on the back? (laughs) Where's my pat? (laughs) I do it to (laughs) hang out with you and to get some recognition from the people who listen. We get great numbers, but none of them give a shit about us to interact with us. No, of course. That's what I don't understand about this lot. Yeah, motherfuckers. So listen, you mute bastards. We want to hear from you for the second anniversary show. Tell us your favourite moments. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Let, let's have a chat for once. I'm sick of <laughs> seeing of us you. just yelling at you. Yeah. I, I know there's a lot of you. I see the numbers. But I want to talk <laughs> to you, god damn it. God damn it, <sighs> squares. squares. Right, well said. Well, if you're new, um, you can find us oh, yeah. on the Twitter. <laughs> How and- new listeners? Yeah, uh, new listeners on Twitter, um, and we got a website, and it's all at a live, lo- lo- lovely little place called gottill5.com. And um, you should go there to find stuff. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> you Mary Poppins motherfucker. <laughs> what was Mary Poppins about that? Uh, gottill5.com, Gaffner. <laughs> Chimchimini. <laughs> 
Oh, we'll be back in two weeks. I'm going to go take a holiday now and it's well fucking deserved. Can't Where wait to see you. I'm going to Italy. I'll oh, see nice. you all in two weeks' time. Thank you, Jesse. I love you more than anything. Here's to another two wonderful years together. Muchos gracias. Love you too. Bye, sis. <laughs>